Hey everybody, before we get started, um, I wanted to just make mention of a few things that we will probably end up referencing throughout the episode in terms of different coaches and schools that we feature here at Platform. Um, if you want to check any of those out, I always link them out to our blog posts and different things like that. But the easiest place to go find everything is at platform.com. That's plt4m.com where we have great features of different coaches, teachers, schools, and also a lot of coaches and teachers not at this platform office writing and talking about their own personal experiences, which has been a really cool kind of initiative that we're taking on here at Platform to give more folks like yourself a voice. So go check that out at pltforum.com. Let's go ahead and get started. This is Chalk Talk presented by Platform. Let's go. All right, we are jumping in to a topic uh, that might not seem, you know, sexy right off the bat, but it's something I think that's important in warm-up. And I'm actually going to use the word jumping in to kind of set the discussion up because I think obviously we work with a lot of coaches and teachers that have tight time windows Mm -hmm. working with high school kids and often are maybe them or their student athletes want to just jump right into workouts and probably skip over the warm-up. Sure. You know, I feel good. I'm young. I'm fresh. I'm just going to jump in, throw some weights on the bar and get going. Mm -hmm. Um, So before we even get into the do's, don'ts and what have you's of warm-up, why don't we set the stage as to why it's important just in general. Sure. Yeah, um, you're right. I think warming up is one of those things that, uh, at least until recently, wasn't necessarily considered the the sexiest or the most important part of training. Um, I'd certainly remember uh, back you know, when I was an athlete that the warm up itself was the worst part if I was forced to do it. And if I wasn't being forced to do it, I wasn't going to do it at all. Um, But I I think, you know, the reason for um, basically placing warming up on a pedestal that is, you know, uh, equally as important as say your strength worker, your power worker, your whatever work of the day, thinking of it as just another section of your workout. Why, why should you do that is I think first, there are, I mean, I did as much, uh, you know, deep dive uh, into the research as possible. There are so many, and I mean so many different studies, not that studies are necessarily the gold standard of what you should always be, um, you know, addressing um, in your training by their results. But there are so many studies that say that one, it absolutely does not in any way have a negative side effect. Okay. So warming up does not increase injury risk or decrease performance or anything along those lines. What it does say is by and large, a good warm-up, which we'll talk about like what that is, um, will increase performance, whether it be on the field, in the gym, um, your rate of force development will increase, your uh, you know maximal sprint speeds, your range of motion, and all of those things go up which we know, like if you and I, you know it more the older you get, right? Like uh, you realize that getting out of bed in the morning just takes a little bit of uh, warming up to to feel your best. Um, same thing goes for in a specific, you know, target environment like a workout or a competition. Um, and then, and this one's been debated a bunch of times, but I'm not really sure why. There are a lot of studies that came, or there was the belief that warming up would reduce injury risk. Mm-hmm. And then there were some studies that came out that were like, there's no evidence of that. And so people were like, so why are we, what well, we think it's going to prevent injury. Why? 
then there's a whole bunch of like there are again multitudes of studies that say yes no like significant percentage decrease in on field or in gym activity injury rates will decline if you have had a proper warm up prior to it right um, and then I think my if you can believe it or not my actual second point that was all one point okay um, that's point one you know why should you do it it's going to hopefully reduce injury. It's certainly not going to increase it and it will increase performance. We know that. Um, the second thing is, again, if you're, if you're not thinking of it as just the precursor to what you really care about, AKA lifting, mm -hmm. and you think about it as just another element of training, your warm up will include things like technique work, yep. range of motion, um, core, uh, all of these things that are important, even just static stretching, which we'll talk about because that's a big hot uh, heated debate. Like, if that's something that you are dealing with daily because it's in your training via warm up, yeah. you see results because of consistency over time, right? So it's a part of your training. It's not the pre training, yeah. if that makes sense. No, I, and I think that's an important point. I try to hammer home with my kids a lot is like, I'm not looking for you to like magically, like, just. <clears throat> be in the most like basic sense warmed up because like you were doing nothing now you're doing something and you've like warmed up your body like i'm looking for you in the first like and i you know a lot like 10 minutes 15 minutes to start to focus in on a lot of those different things because to to the same like counterpoint of people being like well we only have so much time kids are running around like if a kid's coming in like and all of a sudden you expect them to nail it right from the beginning like the warm-up's a good place where they can kind of set their mind right get fixed and also start to focus on form technique and other yeah. things as opposed to just thinking like, Hey, let's go. And you have to nail it right from the starting point. hundred percent. I mean, you wouldn't teach a, another class without kind of gradually building up to, okay, now we're going to dive into these, you know, uh, differential equations and calculus, right? Like yeah. you're going to build up like, Hey, what did we review last week? Well, mm -hmm. we'll talk about this. We'll do that. Um, you know, progression in anything makes the most sense. I think everybody agrees with that, but for some reason, the, the warm-up's not necessarily always considered a part of that equation. Um, I think, uh, you know, also, also, also worth uh, noting is that the warm-up is something that doesn't need to take forever. Mm -hmm. So I think there's, there's the, the two extremes. There's the people that say, I don't have time. Warm up, warm ups are worthless. I've seen one very, very prominent, you know, high school Twitter um, coach said, "Look, look, I've been around for twenty years, and at this point, I've now I was big warm up guy. Now I'm saying I don't think they're worth anything." Then there's the other people that say, "Like I need to warm up for twenty minutes, or thirty minutes, fifty minutes before I start yeah. working out." And it's like it doesn't have to be that way. Make a section of your training at the beginning something that serves to warm you up while also getting things done because. You know, I, Squat University said it. It's like, if the highest level athletes in the world, even if it's if we're just talking weightlifting, Olympic weightlifters, will warm up yeah. before they get going. Well, that's actually who got me thinking about this topic in general because um, Squat University, who's Aaron Horshik, who's been mm -hmm. on this podcast, yep. has some great tweets and different things that he will send out, especially for like athletes and folks that are thinking about. And it's like, no, like you doing like one set of an empty barbell before adding on a bunch of weight isn't even a warm up. Like take like one or two steps before that, yes. if anything. Yes. And he does a really good job of setting it up in terms of what you just described. It's not this long, extensive thing. No. He would probably, Aaron would probably say, no, one point words in his mouth. Trend a little bit longer, but it also like, you can't just do, you know, 
10 air squats and be like, I'm good to go. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be a part of your training. Um, and it, again, it's not, what do you do so that you get to work out? It's the part of the workout at the beginning that sets you up for success throughout the rest of it. Um, and somebody that's only a weightlifter might do 40 minutes of prep because their training might only be like 20 or 30 minutes yeah. of really highly condensed specific work. Sure. And they need to prep for that. We're not talking about that. We're just saying, can we get ready, um, you know, for what's going to happen over the next call it 45 minutes. And I think the easiest way to sell it, look, if you are somebody that trains, on a daily basis or ever or at all, you know, I'd be hard pressed to find somebody that says, I feel better when I don't warm up at all than when I do. Right. Whether or not I want to is a whole different question. Yeah. But whether or not I feel better having warmed up, I don't know a single person that's not like, yeah, you know, five to 10 minutes of getting moving in some capacity, I feel better and more ready to work out. Yeah. And I think the hardest thing is, is given the nature of a high school student, like I made mention to at the very beginning, I have tons of kids that will come to me being like, what are, what are we doing in the store? Like, I, I, I feel fresh. I feel fresh. Like, well, so and that's, and that's goes back to the same idea of like these high school kids have just so much pumping through their body. They're freshmen say that yeah when you start like when i get into like my my seniors like in football season they're like can we make this a little longer like (laughs) you would be surprised yeah that ninth grader is just like you know spring chicken senior has already an 18 year old which doesn't sound super old but we've put them through the ringer no you're you're right right? i have a i had uh one of our first championship competitions that kind of go into our postseason and one of my (laughs) One of my top athletes, who's a senior, came in the next day. Was like, and he had had the meat of his life. Like, oh, I'm still. Like, yeah, I need some work to get back to neutral. Right, let's go back. Yeah, and then I'm ready to get after it again. And I think that's an important point. Is if you want to maximize the workout, again, I would push you to think of the whole thing as the workout. Yeah. But to the meat and potatoes of it, you, it's worth spending the time on. Um, is that an absolute black or white? Can somebody convince me of, hey, for this person or for me or for this group, it's not worth my time? I'm sure you can find that situation. But yeah. by and large, warming up is something that I think is, I personally, I think is one of the the largest. And, it, and we're talking about the total of all the things we're going to mention of what's useful. Sure. Um, it's one of the single greatest things I can do for my yep. uh, athletes, advanced or, or novice. Perfect. I think that's a great kind of little segment in terms of the importance of it. Mm-hmm. Like we try to do a lot of times and putting all of these little different puzzle pieces that we have mm-hmm. um, all together. Uh, and that's what makes this podcast so fun. And now you always know where I like to go to. Now, Coach Brez, tell me what it actually is. Because, sure. you know, we can talk warm up all you want, but what does it look like or consist of in, you know, your programming or what you're trying to get kids to get through in a given warm-up. Yeah, sure. I think that's the way we'll do it is we'll kind of talk about it the way we think of it, what progression we follow. Mm-hmm. By no means are we unique. I think this is what most people do mm-hmm. and for good reason. Um, but I, I think the, the goal first, before you do anything else in the gym, um, we think of it as um, elevating heart rate. So light aerobic movement of any kind. Um, and I think that part's important because anytime some people hear light aerobic movement, they just think running yeah, jogging. I, and I prefer, honestly, I think the, the, if I could go back and direct it, I would buy a ton of stationary bikes. Mm-hmm. I think they're, especially the ones of any kind, assault or otherwise that have upper and lower, just a full body, no impact, um, you know, light conversational pace where you could sit there two or three minutes 
talk to somebody next to you without ever being out of breath, but you are moving. Mm-hmm. Um, the goal is to basically increase uh, you know, your, your circulatory system's rate of delivery of blood. So just heart rate up, right? blood goes to your entire body at, at higher levels and frequency. But even sans machines of like bikes or anything else like that, you could do jumping jacks. Jumping jacks, absolutely. Jumping jacks. Uh, and uh, look, um, I was going to mention this later, but this could also be like the beginning of class. Like, hey, we're going to go spend five minutes playing a quick game of knockout. Yeah. If you want to do something more interesting than sitting on a bike because it's like very targeted training-esque stuff, um, we'll play tag, you play whatever, like that's totally cool. Yeah. Um, obviously you want to keep it relatively low intensity just because you're still trying to warm up, but I think that's totally fine. Um, because when you elevate body temperature, um, what you're actually going to do is make uh, you know muscle glycogen more available, which is good for obviously working out. Um, you're going to increase rate of force development, potential rate of force development, aka power, um, because of increased speed of nerve transmission, um, and you're going to increase you know uh, tissue elasticity, which, for you know in the most literal senses. We know we you feel like you can move through greater ranges of motion without yep. pain or difficulty mm-hmm. because tissue has base you know become a little bit more pliable and stretchy not to TB12 it up um, but you just want to get things going think about starting the engine we're just going to send you know gasoline or oil more I guess more aptly to the body so that it feels like it can move and it has a bit more of like it's been turned on sure so it's turn it's been turned on. That light cardio is part one. Mm-hmm. After that, what do you get to next? So this is one of those where it's like, start with a light aerobic and then go to this, or this can also replace the light aerobic, okay. but I think of it as um, every, and this is probably more frequently used, especially in big groups, is the dynamic warm up um, in its most literal sense of, uh, you know, you do line drills, 10, 10 yards of walking, you know, high knee to RDL, alternating steps, you go 10 yards and you just continuously move for five minutes through, call it gym or sport specific movements so that you are warming up kind of specific joint areas. Um, It serves a lot of the same purpose plus that like joint specific or Mm -hmm. muscle specific range of motion. Um, So I like doing both, but you could get away with not doing the light aerobic. I love personally starting with two or three minutes just to like even mentally set myself up and then move into, you know, targeted, you know, either it's walking, you know, dynamic stretching, which is what it's called, or, um, you know, something stationary like an alternating Spider-Man in reach, also known as literally on the internet, world's greatest stretch, right? Because it's continuous, it's movement, it's combination stretch plus dynamic um, that's going to give you the the benefit of kind of both worlds. Um, and I think that in my mind, I always go like two minutes of light aerobic just to turn the engine on and then you know, three minutes of some version of that dynamic mobility, dynamic warm-up movement, just to, it's a progression. It's easy monostructural. Now it's a little bit more complex, um, all the while kind of, you know, bringing the heart rate and body temperature up. Yeah. And I think some sports are more customer familiar to line drills. Um, you know, football being one of them in terms of you're doing it, but I think there's a lot of benefit to line drills for everybody. I love it. Because you know what? It also just sets people up as like, we're part of a team. It's cool. Everybody kind of always circles back and is chatting and getting into it. And it's just like a cool, like, yeah, it's one of those things that I never really like 
thought of or did and then I started to put it into one of my teams this fall and like it was just this cool way where everybody's starting to get into it. If you're starting around. at the same time, I'd argue that's the best way to yeah. do it. Um, now, and this is a great little kind of side note is to the point that we mentioned earlier about like, don't just use the warm up as the warm up. use it for other things. If you're gonna do line drills, this should be an opportunity to talk movement mechanics. Yep. Every single day of practice, even just as a football coach, when we go through our dynamic warm up on the field, there's not a day that I don't talk about specifically the RDL and hinging, mm -hmm. right? Because it's a great opportunity to reinforce proper movement mechanics. It's also a possible opportunity for them to really, really reinforce bad habits if they're doing it lazily. Yeah. If they think of it as I'm just moving to warm up, all of a sudden the pelvis is twisting, we're rotating on our hinging, and we're now, the moment we get into weighted stuff, that's the movement pattern we know because right, we've done that so much. Sure. Um, so I think it's a really good uh, kind of uh, reinforcement of the, hey, use it for more than just getting moving and don't neglect um, you know, technique when it's something as simple as a warm-up because that's where you're gonna really learn it. Yep, for sure. Um, and I think that's a good breakdown. So we have now, like cardio or elevate heart rate and then some dynamic movement and you can kind of mix or match the two of those things. So however you put together that combo, mm -hmm. you've done that, now what comes next? So this is, I mean, for, for us, again, I say for us, um, this is where at times we will implement versions of, call it more static mobility, AKA static stretching or mobilization of joints via, uh, you know, releasing certain areas, activating others with foam rollers, lax balls, etc. cetera. Um, this is the, probably the most quote unquote controversial, um, part of the warm up. There are people that will go to the grave fighting you saying it's the single greatest thing that you can ever do. There are people saying that you are the dumbest person in the world for doing static stretching before lifting. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's worth maybe diving into the discussion of static stretching because that's probably the most prevalent within work, within training program warm-ups now and people fighting it. Yeah, but I, I agree and we can definitely dive into that. Um, do you feel as if though like the banner is static stretching for that next part or is it more so something else? Uh, like as in mobility or things like that? Because I think sometimes like we, we've talked about it even in here of like the difference between mobility, stretching, those different types yeah. of things. Like, is that where it starts to get muddled or people start to debate different things or? Sure. Uh, so uh, for us, um, we absolutely, we, we look at the goal of this particular section. Actually, we've just started moving. Yeah. My next goal is let's make sure that we are optimally primed for the movements we are gonna perform in the gym AKA, can we get through a complete range of motion with complete stability mm -hmm. so that our movement is as good as possible, which will influence how much weight we can move, how much force we can generate. Yeah. So I'm not saying I'm stretching to get flexible. I'm saying if we're gonna be in a deep back squat today and I wanna move as much weight as possible, 
you know, something like Dr. Horshig would mention is like, I should probably sit in my, my squat stance for a minute or two, uh, which we do. We do pull squats. You hold the squat. It's going to activate the core while also working through static stretches of your, your ankles, your hips, everything else. We might do um, joint distraction, which is the actual act of separating the, let's say maybe the humeral head from your, your shoulder joint allowing joint fluid to synovial fluid to go in and create that lubrication that allows for greater range of motion. We do that with the, you know, the band mobility, right? That's what we're actually doing when we say grab a band, tie it up to the top of a rig, hold so that we're actually going to separate that joint, allow fluid to, you know, jump in there essentially and become easier to manipulate through all of its ranges of motion. Sure. Um, but we also do simple static stretches. Yeah. So right? then that's, that's perfect because that's what I, that answers that part of the question. Cause I get that a lot. Even when I'm talking with kids, it's mm -hmm. like, or are we stretching or doing like, so let's now just dive right into the static stretching. And like you mentioned or alluded to, like there's a lot of people that will die on one hill or the other. So maybe, I don't know which way you want to start, but I'd love to hear wh what you've run into in terms of people being against it. Yeah, and then, I think try to just do like a background of, yeah. of the like trajectory of where it's sure. come sure. from and gone to. Um, static stretching was for a long time, the only thing people did to warm up, right? And And, Recently, I mean, I was a senior in high school in 2005, if you can call that prep school, or, or 2004 uh, in high school, and our entire practice warm-up was static. Mm -hmm. And it was like 20 minutes long, right? We loved it because we'd be laying down, and, 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 and that's what people do. I still go to games on Friday nights where people are doing static stretches before a game. Um, it is what most of us you know, prior to 2000, grew up with as the proper way to prepare your body for activity. Mm -hmm. Everybody said stretching is good for you, it reduces injuries, makes you more flexible, flexibility is good. Then everybody started saying, okay, well, is this actually good for performance? Like, wh why do we think it's good? And right. they started doing studies, and, they, and then they came out with studies that said, if you're gonna do static stretching, um, you're actually going to uh, reap a decrease, a slight decrease in maximal strength, maximal power, yeah. sprint speed. And everybody goes, whoa, everybody's freaking out. Like static stretching is the devil before workouts. Um, and so then it was relegated to, okay, you should do that after. Right. Or some other time in the day. Um, it's still good for you, but don't do it before you work out or compete. Then... All right, and I've done, again, in the last 10 years, a lot of research um, surrounding the role of static stretching because everybody, like, there's all these diehards that say, like, no, this is what we do. And then there are the people that say, like, you know, I, I, I think it's going to make you a worse athlete on the field or in the gym. So people said, okay, let's, let's figure out what the role of static stretching is. And by and large, the results are this. Static stretching, if done for less than a minute, Right, like if, if you're not holding for three, four, five minutes, like big long yoga holds, if you're doing a pigeon pose for 30 seconds on each leg, you're gonna increase range of motion and flexibility and you will not decrease strength or power. It has also been shown that even if you do those minute long ones, 90 second long ones, if you then follow it up, as we'll talk about after, with what they call sport specific movement, because it's less about in the gym and more about on the field with a lot of these studies, basically, are you then gonna warm up again 
Like, are you going to then make sure things are switched on and activated? And are you going to prep your movement of the day? Are you going to lift light first and then lift heavy? You will not see any decrease. Yeah. So again, and then there was like one perfect example is, and again, do never take one study and say like, this is why, but a great example that just, I'm just using as a summary of the argument. They took a bunch of D1 uh, female soccer players and did uh, a study of squat strength with static stretching before as a protocol for warm up and without. And the ones that did stretch saw zero decrease in strength. Some actually saw a slight increase, likely because of range of motion, and they saw a large um, increase in range of motion, aka static flexibility. They were using the sit and reach. I know a lot of people would argue that um, there is actually a point where true just like flexibility, how far can a muscle stretch is actually not great for performance because you do want the ability for it to be strong, tight, et cetera yeah, at times. But anyway, we're not going to get into that because I think that's a, a really small kind of, you know, end of the spectrum type of uh, note or caveat. But for most people, I'd argue that in a workout, if you do it with the right reason, aka you are priming specific joints because of specific movement patterns that you'd like to maximize in a workout, then static flexibility is something that can be quite useful. As long as you do it within reason, you're not doing it for three minutes, you're not holding a, a pigeon pose for three minutes, you're holding it for 30 seconds so that you can reach yeah. the groove for your squat. So you want to get below parallel. Right. Um, and then I think maybe more importantly is if it doesn't really affect your performance in the gym, I'd argue that we only see our athletes once a day and we can only guarantee that they're going to do what we want them to do while they're there with us. I would like to take three minutes each day and put them in some sort of flexibility, range of motion, mobility work so that I know if they don't do anything outside of the gym, they are going to get that every day for four years so that over time, you should be able to sit in the bottom of a squat as uh, Dr. Horschick told you to do and you've been doing a lot of. And what has it done for that bad ankle of yours? Right, and I've been able to like, keep my foot on the ground and everything else like that. So, I, I mean, I love it. I Because again, I am just very used to being able to personally just go in and, you know, for lack of a better word, grip it and rip it and work out. And right. like, every day goes by. Just wait, buddy. I try, <laughs> no, you tell me. And it's just like, okay, start to do a little bit more warm up. So right. no, that, that, that's a, a good flesh out here. So if you'll allow me to keep stacking the different elements, Please. um, just to kind of to keep it in line, we've done, you know, the elevated heart rate cardio, we start to do some dynamic movement, even maybe some stretching, depending yep. on, you know, if you've been sold by Coach Brez's uh, monologue there. <laughs> and then now I think we are trending towards almost being ready, but there's, in your eyes, probably one more little step or larger step. Yeah, sure. Before we kind of finish warm up. Yep. Um, and, and I would call th this, probably this next section, call it, um, we're gonna call it activation blanket term for those that are, are more familiar with like the the verbiage in the you know strength and conditioning field i'm not talking about just the very very specific act of neuromuscular activation for um you know turning muscles on specifically i'm talking kind of a little bit more 
infer vaguely. Um, and this is another one of those kind of like can be a little bit of all over the place in our mm -hmm. in our list. Um, so for example, um, we talked about mobility being not just static stretching. It's also, you know, stability through a range of motion. Yep. Um, this is a yeah, you've already kind of alluded to this in the first couple of parts and and it can flow yes. in and out it's yes. not like right. do one before two before three of like all right you're activating you're getting ready for different movements and now you're starting to think about like yep so i, I think more specifically or i guess it's more simply we elevated the body temperature we've kind of increased our range of motion more passively in a little cold uh environment now we want to kind of heat things up again with some light resistance that forces our muscles to turn on, mm -hmm. right? To get ready. Um, so what I'm looking at is things that are as simple as prehab slash prep for pressing, AKA a pressing and pulling. Maybe we're doing a band pull-aparts, right? You see those all over Twitter. It's one of everybody's favorites, right? Band pull-aparts is great for rotator cuff health and, and scap uh, development, subscap and all this other stuff. Um, and yeah, I think about this step that you're describing a lot of times in terms of like seeing like the different bands yeah. Or like the quick, like you just talked about, like the movement prep of like some light weight. Light dumbbells, yeah. uh, you know, shoulder rotation. Shoulder's probably the easiest because it's the most obvious um, in terms of it being what people think of as prehab. Although, again, injury prevention is your whole workout. It's yeah. not just small things. But those are important. Um, and also, very much so, we are talking about that true, what is activation of a uh, muscular group because... For example, we do a lot of core, and when I say core, I'm talking both anterior through like your abs, your posterior from, um, you know, basically your erectors down, and then also glutes, hips, yeah. front and back for things like if we're gonna deadlift or squat heavy, I want your glutes turned on. There's this big thing called gluteal amnesia that a lot of people have because when you sit down, your uh, hip flexors, which is called all the muscles on the front of your hip more or less, um, are forced to be shortened, aka on, which turns off everything on the back. Yep. And then if you do this enough times throughout the day, throughout your di weeks and years, your brain will actually lose the connection to your glutes, which is a big piece of a real proper, healthy, powerful squat or deadlift. And so we wanna make sure like, are those on before you go do it? Because you can compensate. Like I've had this problem, right? Like- Yeah, you um, go to the muscles that maybe haven't been turned off. So you're, you're just now using something I, else. Eyeball tested my deadlift might look perfect, but I might not be using any of the muscles that I'm supposed sure. to be. So what we're trying to do is make sure that all of those things are on. And it also means that they are, you are now going to be your most powerful. If everything that is supposed to be on is on mm -hmm. and you can maximize the recruitment of those muscles, yep. then you're going to be able to lift more weight. So big heavy back squat or deadlift day, it might be glute bridges, hammy bucks, where we are literally kind of four. Whoops, the camera timed out on us. And so we had to stop, get reset up and pick up our conversation where we left off and fire that tech guy. All right, um, there's a little hiccup on the tech side. The tech guy has been fired again, um, and that is me. <laughs> we are we were mid-conversation around kind of getting everything activated, and Coach Brez was using the examples of the uh, 
kind of deadlift mm -hmm. or the back squat and uh, you know obviously it cut out and I want to jump back in there and kind of my follow-up question to you with all of those different th types of things is like all right you've talked about like the the movement the heart rates up everything's kind of activated you're ready to jump into your main sets of the day like is that it or is there now the second layer of what you've been describing right so in my mind this whole last piece is both activation and um or, or movement prep in general, which might include some targeted activation like those glute bridges or core or whatever it is um, that you're doing maybe before a heavy deadlift or whatever. Um, but then, I mean, I actually wanna grab an empty barbell and work the movement pattern yeah. that I am going to be training heavy. Technique, because if you're not working your technique consciously every single day, you're, you're missing out. I mean, every like the, the elite, Weightlifters will work their technique every single day because they're not perfect. You're not perfect. It's a great opportunity to make sure that you're moving well, which obviously will help reduce injury, but also maybe more importantly for you, you move well, you'll move more weight, mm -hmm. right? So um, after you know maybe our more isolated or targeted activation, I'm a big fan of grabbing an empty barbell, doing your complexes. Maybe if it's uh, again maybe it's deadlift back, deadlift back squat day, it's uh, posterior chain warm up where you know, five good mornings, five back squats, uh, maybe five press from a back rack, um, five RDLs. Yeah. Um, cause then you're going to work all of your ranges of motion, you know, positions and everything else. You're also going to you know, maybe jack that heart rate back up a little bit. Um, so that you are again in your most elastic, your most turned on, um, you know, ready to go. And then don't just jump into a heavy set maybe work your way up with, we, we program with percentages your warm-up warm -up sets, sets. Right. Um, because we also want to make sure that we control how much volume you do in a day, because mm -hmm. a kid might do one set at 135 and jump to 250. We might not think that's the best idea. Another kid might do like set at 150, a set at 170, a set at 190, a set at 210, because he's nervous about making that jump. I don't want him to do all of that volume, so mm -hmm. I want to control it. So, you know, once you've activated, once we've prepped our movements, once we've worked our movements, we load our movements and we build up in our loading. Yeah, and I think that's worth noting is that like what what you're really kind of getting at too is like there's warm up to be warmed up with your body and it goes back to what you've just described and what we're really hammering home is like there's also warm up for high school student athletes in a weight room to feel the, the movement and get comfortable within that movement in terms of like, yeah, I'm sure there's people out there that could just and I'm, there's plenty that do, just throw the weight on the bar mm -hmm. and do their heavy set right from the get-go because they just do that. But like we're talking about, again, high school kids that mm -hmm. like would benefit from the actual like feeling and movement of a barbell on their back, barbell with some weight I mean, it, before you get to that. And don't, don't you know, uh, underestimate the power of um, psychology where a, a kid's going to be far more intimidated if 250, less willing to give it his shot, even if he knows he's a strong kid, um, if he literally looks at that bar and sees 250 first. Right. Whereas empty bar, oh, easy. 135, man, I feel good today. 185, yeah, this is getting, this is legit. 225, all right, it's challenging, but 250 is only another 20 pounds. I'm fine. Sure. Um, so I think that's important to note. And then it doesn't have to end with your barbell movements. Later in workouts, you know, when we have any sort of accessory work, capacity, finishers, anything else, we will say, like, we don't want you to necessarily, like, if we didn't target X, Y, and Z in our initial warm up, 
hey, let's let's warm up our pulling. Yeah. Like, I don't want you to jump right into strict pull-ups if think, we haven't done that today. Maybe we do a literal one-minute distraction, activation through scap, two pull-ups, three strict pull-ups. Okay, now we're ready for whatever the actual workout yeah. is. And I think that's a good point in terms of like the finishers. Like You do a really good job in the programming in terms of having like... All right, we're not just jumping into the finisher. Like, let's do those movements mm-hmm. a couple times through so you can feel it, activate the things that maybe haven't... And again, a chance to get, one, more work volume, yeah. right? Like, you're actually practicing, you're doing things, and you're getting better at the technique, you're understanding your body better, you understand what loads work for you, et cetera. Right, for sure. So, and I think a place to wrap up in the essence of time and making sure that, you know, the, the tech guy doesn't get fired a fourth time over is um, let's kind of hammer home what... I started this podcast an episode out with in terms of time mm-hmm. um, because I think we need to hammer that in a little bit more because there's going to be PE teachers and coaches saying, well, I only have 30 minutes or there's going to be a coach saying, well, I have an hour. So there's obviously no golden rule for warm up, but what's the best way to try to frame it for those different groups so that they know like I'm getting what I need to get done, but not at the kind of like failure of now running out of time to actually we warmed up and now we have five minutes yeah there's no golden answer um and you shouldn't feel like you are beholden to a hard and fast rule of a certain number of minutes keep it proportional i personally like to think of uh you know 15 minutes of warm-up and I'm talking everything, right? From the moment we start our light aerobic all the way through activation barbell work into our, our yeah. sets, which I think is very important to note, does not feel like warm up to an athlete if you programming it uh, in any way, shape or form you know, creatively. You know, my activation um, will double uh, as a kind of like core development uh, superset. Mm-hmm. I might do that thing that to an athlete will feel a little bit like the workout itself. Um, we might put our power uh, work via plyometrics in the warm up. So 15 minutes, it, I'm not saying it's a 15 minute warm up. It's the beginning 15 minutes of our uh, workout yeah. of the day that might last 60 minutes. Well, I think so, you've done a good job of laying out too to that exact point. Like when some people hear warm up, they hear like go for the light cardio, and mm-hmm. all they think of in warm up is the light cardio, and then it's lifting. 15 right. minutes of jogging. Uh, what's the point of that? But I think what you're getting at in, in terms of more of a well-rounded warm up is that you're doing different types of things to the point. Also, like you want kids to buy into it, get excited about it, and like you've talked about. All right, now we're doing things that feel like the workout itself, yeah. but really what we're doing is kind of manipulating the different things that we want to make sure get checked before they're doing movements. And it's progressional, right? You can build up to your heaviest, your most intense items while still doing very important work early that is part of your warm-up. You're using it for mobility purposes, using it for activation and prehab and, and all of these things. Um, and that way you don't necessarily have to say, I'm spending 15 minutes on warm-up spending 15 minutes on X, Y, and Z that is a good, proper way to warm up for other things. Um, but like I said, keep it proportional. I have an hour with an athlete, 15 minutes. Pretty, I think that's pretty good. Uh, a lot of the literature would say 15 minutes is a pretty good um, uh, you know, time domain. Again, literature, what does that really mean? I think anecdotally or more impor- importantly, like my practical experience says 15 minutes is a good amount of time that kids will actually do without getting bored. Yep. Um, and isn't just you know kind of breezing through it and getting right into heavy lifting. Uh, the flip side of that is if you only have 30 minutes because athletes change before and after class and it's PE, maybe your warm up's only five minutes, mm. right? It's proportional. And then I would also argue though, like 
you don't have to think of something as only warm up or only workout or only whatever because if you're teaching the back squat and the X and the, the Y and the Z, your warm up might really be the workout. Right. And that's that's okay. That's where you're getting initial core development. You're teaching foundational movement. Sure. You're starting to build some basic capacity, like volume, like warming up with even if it's five sets of five air squats as your warm up before you teach the back squat. If somebody's just learned the air squat, 25, 25 reps is not again. They're not going to be sore, but they might. It might be volume that you're putting onto their plate that's building them up over time. Sure. So your warm up could be somebody could define your your 30 minutes as like 20 minutes is a warm up and 10 minutes is workout. Somebody else could look at that exact same progression of items and say your warm up is only five minutes and the rest is your workout. But you've done the exact same thing. So yep. it's all about your perspective and your goals for the day. What are you trying to accomplish? And how are you going to go about it in the most systematic and efficient way possible? Um, you don't have to call something a warm-up. You can call five minutes a warm-up. You can call 10 minutes. You can call 15 minutes. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. And I think that's a great point. And something, you know, we've had different coaches and teachers write about and talk about. Like, you know, Coach Clausen um, at Conestoga in Nebraska, he just wrote an article that's on the platform's website. I'll put a link to it. It was like, I call it an instant activity. And it doesn't have to be anything. It's in my intro to strength and conditioning class. It's like we're playing tag, red light, green light, yeah. Yeah, yeah. different types of things where it's like, all right, we're getting moving. We're getting comfortable. We're like kind of getting out of the rhythm of a di- like a regular school day, right? Mm-hmm. Like not sitting at your desk to your point of about sitting all the time. Um, and then a lot of it, because it's an intro to strength class, is a lot of that development and yeah. just the, ba- the basics and foundational stuff. Well, and it's got to be fun. And I, I think, and I mentioned it earlier, but I, I think it's, I'm glad you brought that up because it's super important to note that we're talking, especially in, in situations like that, where it's an intro to training class for freshmen in high school or, soft, or uh, eighth graders in middle school or whatever, and you might be only using empty barbells and you're just teaching. The warm-up doesn't have to be what maybe, you know, an elite athlete goes into the, the physical weight room, uses a stationary bike, then does this band stretch, and then does this activation work. Go play a pickup game of uh, knockout, like we mentioned earlier. Play tag. Make it fun. Yeah. I love that idea of instant activity. Um, if I were, you know, teaching intro to weight training, like, you know, we prescribe warm-ups platform. If it was me, I might say, hey. I got the warm up covered because I'm going to go do 10 minutes of this in the gym because it's more fun. The kids are going to get moving and maybe they're going to be a bit more amenable to moving into the gym now and using the the barbell. And that's a great point. And the other one that we, you know, just featured coach Hewig out of, um, North High School in Indiana, where he was basically like, yeah, my kids are in different programs because they're at different points in their training. We all go do the same warm-up, mm-hmm. so everybody gets to know each other, gets to be a part yeah. of it, and feels like they're part of something, and not, we're not all doing different stuff. Right. So there's tons of different ways you can tweak it, tons of different ways you can kind of... I think the important point is that a warm-up is useful uh, and effective, um, and, if, and it can be efficient if you, you just you know, put a little thought into each day. What are the purposes that I am trying to, uh, you know, work towards with the things that I'm considering a warm up, mm-hmm. and you know, what is that going to gain me long term? Yep, for sure. And I think that's a great place to wrap. So, um, thanks for bearing with us in terms of the kind of hiccup in the middle. Please feel free to reach out to us with any questions that you might have. If you're looking to get, you know, your own warm-ups or different things incorporated, come check it out at platform.com. That's P-L-T-4-M.com. And remember, it's always in pursuit of better.